Please open your Bibles with me to the New Testament, to the Gospel according to Matthew, as we will read from Matthew chapter 11, the verses 1 through 15. Matthew chapter 11, 1 through 15. Hear God's holy and inspired word. Now it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet... For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah, who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So far, the reading of Holy Scripture. The text for this morning, for this afternoon, rather, is to be found in the verses two and and three in particular. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, "Are you the coming one, or do we look for another?" And then Jesus gives a very profound answer, as we hope to hear. And. This is therefore our text for this hour. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we live in a world that is very confusing, don't you think? At times it may be asked, well, who is really in control of things? And even for those who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, things can still be at times rather confusing. And this place, this earth, is a confusing place for them. The ways of God are not always so obvious to us, you see. Especially in difficult times, we can be left to wonder if God is still in charge. 
We live in a day and age in which the forces of darkness have a very strong hand in the daily affairs of our nation. And we see this on the political front, we see this on the ethical front, we see this in the judicial front, and we see this even in the, in the medical front as well. Increasingly, these particular forces of darkness are at play, which have a strong hand, therefore, in the daily affairs of even our own personal lives. And such, our faith might at times experience the ups and downs, which leaves us with the question, if the Lord is still there, if He is still in control, and how can He be of help to us? How so? Well, let us look at this Christian, that is John the Baptist from Bible times, how it went with him. In our text passage, we have a well-known and well-respected Christian man who is in the strength in the strength of his days was a force even to be reckoned with. And as you know, he is John the Baptist. But in our text passage here, we find him in an entirely different condition from his early and powerful days at the Jordan River when he baptized everyone. In our text passage, we actually see him down in the dumps, so to speak. He is down in his faith when he questions if Jesus is the one to follow or if he should be following someone else. And in response, and it is, and we are thankful to the Lord and for the Holy Spirit for this, in response, there is a, it is well covered in our text passage, that is, John, Jesus rather, assures John the Baptist as he is challenged in his faith. So the reassurance that Jesus brings to John the Baptist. And so, let us then consider this in the following way and with the following theme. The ups and downs of the Christian's faith. First, faith challenged. Secondly, faith assured. And then thirdly, faith proven. Now, congregation, John the Baptist is struggling with a very, very serious question as it has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is recorded for us in verse 3 of our text passage, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now remember this, this is the same man known as the forerunner of Jesus, the man whom we have come to know as the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and cousin of Jesus according to the flesh. In other words, John the Baptist is a close relative to Jesus in the human sense. This is the same man who one day suddenly came out of the wilderness of Judea, clothing camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, eating locusts and wild honey. It tells us that this man, this John the Baptist, was well acquainted with the rigors of life, rough and tough, you could say. This is the same man who vigorously preached that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, calling the people to repentance and to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and had them baptized in the river Jordan. This tells us that John the Baptist is a man certain of his words, convinced and convicted of his actions. 
This is the same man, you see, who boldly faced down all those who had a different brand of religion. That is, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and so on included, addressing them, as you can read of that in Matthew 3, brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abram as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abram from these stones. And even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. In other words, what we have speaking here is a very brave man convinced of the righteousness of his religion. John the Baptist, the same man who saw Jesus one time with his own eyes and who directed his listeners to follow him, saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. This is John the Baptist, dear people who enjoyed the greatest privilege that Christianity can offer, that is, of seeing Jesus. But at this point in his life, this same man is in a life-and-death struggle of faith. He is greatly challenged in his faith and has begun to ask himself the question, is Jesus for real? Is Jesus for real? Dear people, have you ever questioned this as well within yourself? If Jesus is for real? Have you ever questioned whether the Christian religion is really, really worth practicing? Don't be afraid to admit it if that is the case. Strong, bold, brave Christians are not spared, you see, from such challenges. Even the most privileged in the Christian faith are not immune to times of doubt and fear. And such challenges then can translate into a real struggle of faith. Certainly, we can consider John the Baptist a strong, a brave, and a bold Christian. He was once the center of attraction, so to speak, People flocked around him to hear him speak and to be baptized of him. Even tax collectors and soldiers came and asked how they should live. And John had an answer for all of them, didn't he? And that for a fellow, after all, who was barely 30 years old. But at the point of our text here, John the Baptist has no answer for himself about what to think of Jesus. Well, you might ask, well, what has happened to John the Baptist? Well, his life has changed dramatically since the heady days back at the Jordan River. Now he is no longer a free man. King Herod has put him in prison simply because his wife, that is, King Herod's wife, did not like the sound of a preacher, the likes of John the Baptist. And now John is behind bars and has silently accepted his time in jail. And although there are a few times where he was invited to 
come into the palace to entertain King Herod with one or another sermon. No doubt, John has his struggles with these things. Things are not working out the way he had thought they would and the way he had planned it and he had hoped. And he is discovering at this particular time that God's ways are really different from his ways and from what he thought. Now, to explain this a bit more, let me point out a few things that no doubt John is struggling with. His work as a forerunner of Jesus, literally a herald like the heralds that walk ahead of their king, that was his task. And such a herald would announce then to the citizens that the king was coming. And if God wants him to be a herald of Jesus, the king of kings and lord of lords, there's very little chance of him doing this if he is behind bars. Why has God therefore permitted King Herod to put him in jail? And then what about these people who with their own brand of religion spread false religion like the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. If they are so wrong in their practice and teaching of their religion, why are they allowed to prosper and be at liberty to do and to say and to teach as they wish? Why must he, a servant of God, languish in jail and these people who do nothing but spread falsehood around why are they without any restrictions? It is a question as old as the poet of Psalm 73. Why do the wicked prosper? Their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. And why are believers chastised every morning? Why do bad things happen to good people as it is the title of a particular book? Why is God making his life so difficult and, and not the life of those others? And then what about Jesus? He, John, was, he was certain that Jesus was the promised one, the Messiah, the King, the Son of God, whose shoes he was not worthy to, to unlatch or carry. But now he's not sure if Jesus is who he thought he was. And he wonders if he should be looking for someone else that has a better description fitting of the Messiah. You see, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, your faith, my faith, can at times be challenged, can't it? And when do such challenges to faith show up, you might ask? Well, quite often when there has been a dramatic change in life, when your life, as it were, turns a corner in which you suddenly are faced with difficulties and disappointments and troubles and trials, opposition, perhaps persecution even, or you name it. Such challenges to faith can then show up once you are past those heady days a fervent zeal of the Lord when you just made confession of faith and when you knew that you loved the Lord with a deep and first love. The feelings of the first love have gone. And such challenges of faith can show up when you have been put out of commission, so to speak, 
and can no longer do the things for the Lord that you used to do in the past. When John was still a free man, preaching in the wilderness of Jordan, his faith was sharp, his courage was great, and his zeal for the kingdom of God, it was strong. But when his freedom was taken away from him, and the surroundings changed, and his life turned a corner to face difficulties, he found himself in the struggles of faith. And besides that, being in prison, he had much free time on his hand. And because he became plagued with questions, because of that he became plagued with questions that would otherwise never have troubled him. And the question that may have come up in his heart, therefore, are not so much different from the questions that may come up in your and my heart. You and I were church-going people when we face certain difficulties. And so we read in our text chapter that John the Baptist sent two of his disciples to Jesus to ask the question, Are you the coming one, or should we look for another? Verse 3. Now, you and I, we might feel a little bit uncomfortable about this particular question, but let us look at it from the positive side first and foremost. That is this, that John went to Jesus for this. And there are people, let us be clear on this as well. We can go to Jesus with all of our questions. And young people, boys and girls, remember this as well. You can go to the Lord Jesus with all of your questions, whatever question it might be, whether it is you should go to university or begin a, a, an apprenticeship, whether you should go to this school or that school, whether you should get married or stay single, whether you should prepare yourself to become an office bearer or go out in the mission field somewhere, whatever questions you may have, you can go to the Lord Jesus with those questions. And he will help you. At any rate, John, he too had his questions taken to Jesus. And that is a good and a positive thing. And we may see, therefore, in the second place, that with Jesus we can speak of faith assured. Now, there are several things that are quite remarkable in how Jesus actually assures John the Baptist that he, Jesus, is for real. And so let me mention them. First, Jesus does not rebuke John for having his faith challenged or for asking those particular questions or that particular question. Jesus is kind. He is considerate of the state that John is in. He does not pounce on a man when he is down. Yes, John is in prison with no hope of being released. And Jesus understands that his condition can bring on great inward struggles, especially struggles in the faith. And he understands that this is therefore not a time to rebuke a person, but to assure him. And this confirms to us, dear people, that Jesus is a great high priest. As we are told in Hebrews chapter 4, a sympathetic high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities and who knows what it means to be tempted. Jesus sympathizes with John's downtime of faith and therefore 
he does not rebuke him. Secondly, Jesus does not respond with a light and frivolous word to John's faith-challenging question. He does not say, oh, John, just, just believe. You know, you and I, we can sometimes be a little bit insensitive towards a person with such struggles. And we might then respond, just keep the faith, man. Be strong, be brave, keep trusting, and things will turn out all right. We are sometimes, and I say this of myself too, we are sometimes too quick in telling a person to believe when the problem is that such a person would would, would love to believe but doesn't know what to believe. Now, our Savior is not that way. He is sensitive to our needs, and He will never pass a light or frivolous word as a substitute for what you and I need to hear. Thirdly, and I believe this to be most remarkable, Jesus assures John with things that are evident. He assures John of things which are being heard and of things which are being seen at that particular time. John's question was, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And then Jesus' response is this, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Six evidences that are seen, that are heard. And with those six evidences, Jesus assures John. In other words, instead of telling John, yes, John, I, I, am, I am Jesus. I'm the one that you should be looking for, and therefore believe this. Jesus tells John of the things that are evident, the things that are heard and seen, and that verifies Jesus' truth and his ministry. Miracles are being done by Jesus. The gospel is being preached to the poor by Jesus. And this will have to do it for John the Baptist to assure him that Jesus is real, that he should not look for another, but that he, Jesus, is indeed the Messiah, that he is the anointed one, and that he is the coming one. Now, why should this do it for John the Baptist? And why should this assure him? Because the things that are evident and verify Jesus' earthly ministry are the things also that were prophesied already when? In Old Testament times. Jesus' response to John the Baptist is basically basically some, some quotation from the Old Testament, from the prophets, particularly from the prophet Isaiah. Let me show this to you for a moment. Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And then also from Isaiah 61, a well-known passage quoted by the Lord Jesus himself later on. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach 
good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And with this response, Jesus kindly and patiently and wisely says to John, as it were, Do you remember these prophecies, John? These were predicted about the one who should come, that is, the Messiah. And all of these things and more are being fulfilled today, namely in me, Jesus. Dear people, the way in which Jesus assures John the Baptist is the way worth keeping in mind and remembering a challenged faith is in reality is a reality in the christian life isn't it no believer will ever be exempt from it such challenges will come sooner or later and this will certainly happen when life's journey runs on to a rough course but then remember Remember the way that Jesus has taken with John the Baptist. And go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. Go back to the Word of God itself, you see. Both Old and New Testament. If you need to be assured that Jesus is for real, go to the Bible. And as you go to the Bible, pray along with going to the Bible that The Spirit will open it up for you so that you will see it is true. It is true. Pray for help. Discover how real Jesus the Savior is for you and for me even today. Let the Bible therefore take you as well to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and to the sacrifice that He, the Lord Jesus Christ, made on the cross for sinners the likes of you and me how he has stated it, that an eye, when I be lifted up will draw all men unto me. He is like a magnet, so to speak, and he draws us to him. And we begin to believe on him because the power of the Spirit is working in us. And so we begin to understand what Scripture says about this. We begin to understand of the love of God of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for people like you and me. Now, if you need to be assured that the Christian religion is the only religion worth practicing and worth defending, open your Bible, dear people, and discover that the Christian religion was not invented by man, as all the other religions of the world are, after all, But the Christian religion and the Word of God has been thought out by God. What we have here in Scripture are the very thoughts of God Himself who had it inscripturated so that we can read them. They are thought out by God. They are ordained by God. They are commanded by God. And that for us to read and to practice and to be rewarded with eternal life. And if you know, if you want to know the ways of the Lord, 
And if you want to know what, what God wants for you in your life, go to the Bible and be assured of what it says in Acts 4, verse 12 about Christ. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ, dear people, is exclusively the way, the truth, and the life. And here you are called to believe this. To believe this. My friend, if you're ever troubled with the question which John the Baptist was troubled with, if you want to know if Jesus is truly the one that should come, or should you still look for another, look no further than in your Bible, and let its sacred author, that is the Holy Spirit, convince you and, be, and assure you of it that Jesus Christ is the answer. And so, my friend, I ask you, has the Lord Jesus Christ already become the answer for you? The answer for your need? The answer for your sin? The answer for your eternal life? I wish to urge you this hour, yes, do not look for another. Don't look to yourself that you might win the favor of God by any of your works. Don't look for another. Don't look to yourself. But look to the Lord Jesus Christ because He alone can satisfy your greatest need, your need to become clean with God, to be forgiven of your sins, your need to walk in a way that is holy and pleasing to Him. Look to Him. Repent of your sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I have no doubt that the way Jesus took to assure John the Baptist was effective and that it lifted John's down-timed faith. I have no doubt that after hearing Jesus' response, John could actually lay his question to rest and was assured that Jesus was the one to come and that there was no need whatsoever to look for another one. Why have I no doubts about that? Well, because of what Jesus said about John, as I want to show this to you in the last place, faith proven. In our text passage, Jesus actually goes on at length to give a very positive testimony about John, even a testimony that is beyond your and my understanding. Jesus calls John the Baptist more than a prophet. And among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Verse 11. Now, this is not just a bit of praise for a poor, innocent Christian languishing in prison. This is Jesus' testimony of John the Baptist who was suffering for the cause of Christ and for the cause of the gospel of Christ and who is in difficult circumstances, but who took all his problems to Jesus. This, you see, is Jesus' testimony of one whom he has assured by means of the very words of Scripture and of the things that could be heard and seen. Now, dear people, this, I trust you also encourage you and me to take our problems to the Savior, Jesus Christ. 
even our ups and downs of faith. He will not rebuke you for having struggles in the faith. He will treat you patiently and lovingly, even sensitively. He will not let you down. He will even end up giving a positive testimony about you as well. See, for instance, in verse 11, because there it says, and that's Jesus speaking, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, that is John the Baptist. How much more positive a testimony could you want than the one that he gives as you stand before the gates of eternity and you will hear Jesus say, Holy Father, they have kept my word. Father, I desire that they also be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. Now, do we still need to ask, is Jesus for real? Should we look for another? Dear people, yes, this world is a confusing place, but there is no confusion with God whatsoever. God is in full control of heaven and of earth. And while John the Baptist stood there admiring Jesus one time at the very early start of his ministry, John could already hear declared from heaven, even as we hear the thunder at this moment, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Hear Him. This is what God is saying to you and to me. Trust in Him and be steadfast in the faith even as you are challenged, because in Jesus you will find the answer. Amen. Let us close in prayer of thanksgiving. O Lord our God, we thank you that through the Lord Jesus Christ we may come through our struggles in the faith, and that believing on Him, as He has made it so evident that He is the true one, believing on Him, we may come through our struggles of faith. And therefore, do bless us richly. We would be pleased to help us to consider what the Word of God says and what Your Word explains to us in both Old and New Testament. And help us, therefore, to be steadfast in the faith. Be with those who are struggling, whether they are young or old. Remember them in your mercy and grant that they may look again and again to the one who was crucified and be drawn to him irresistibly. And so be with us all. Bless the church. Bless this congregation, the church family. Bless the pastor and his wife and family. Bless the brothers, elders, and deacons and grant that in all things, your name would have all the praise and the honor. And we ask for all of this with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.